This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, Thomas Goldcamp here with 24-7 Sports and Swamp247.com. I wanted to shoot a quick video today just to discuss Florida scholarship situation right now in terms of numbers, maybe look at some positions where Florida has needs because I think over the next couple weeks, we're really going to see Florida kind of shift its focus from recruiting up to the early signing period and signing the first part of its coaching staff to filling out the second part of its coaching staff now and really focusing on the roster via the transfer portal because you're going to have a lot of guys that make decisions over the next really two weeks or so before schools begin their their spring semester so that they can get in there before spring football practice to get in with their new team, begin to learn the schemes, the systems, uh, acquaint themselves with players that they'll be playing with at their new stop. And so I think that Florida is going to be fairly active in the NCAA transfer portal over the next couple weeks. I don't know numbers as far as how many people Florida will try to target. So I think what we're going to do for the, the sake of this breakdown is I'll actually throw the scholarship chart that I have built for 24-7 Sports up on the screen at various points as we discuss different position groups. Um, but I wanted to look at basically uh, a framework of here's a spot that maybe Florida should take a transfer versus maybe this is a spot where I think you, you go for some more young depth, maybe focus on that with the rest of the 2022 class and then going into the 2023 recruiting cycle, which I think for Florida as Blake and I talked about on the podcast yesterday, really is going to be the class that you try to put together, not just a, a quality class in terms of talent, but also you load up that class in terms of numbers, try to take a bigger sized class such that that group can really kind of form the core foundation for what Billy Napier wants to build going forward. So let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to throw the scholarship chart up on the screen here for you, and we'll discuss some of kind of what we're looking at here. So the way that I have this scholarship chart broken down, and I hope that you guys are able to see this on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, if you're watching on a mobile device, it's at least somewhat readable. But if you're not, I highly encourage you to switch over to desktop, blow this thing out full screen. Uh, if you want simultaneously, I have posted this on Swamp 24-7 in an article format in the last couple days. What I will do is I will link that article and that uh, the, this image in the YouTube comment section, in the uh, the podcast comment section as I upload this to the different podcast platforms so that you can pull it up alongside. But here's what we're looking at. Essentially, what I've got is I've gotten every class broken down uh, by expiring year of eligibility, meaning if you are a guy that came in this year, did not play in a bunch of games, uh, you, you still have four full years of eligibility going forward. For signees, we always assume that they're going to take a red shirt until they do not. So you'll see for the nine signees in that green column in the 2026 column, those are the latest guys to be added officially to Florida scholarship chart. A couple other minor points. You'll see some guys in italics here. 
The guys that are listed in italics are currently in the NCAA transfer portal. I am not counting those guys in any of the columns with the number totals that you see, whether that is you know below each class. If you look below the 2022 column vertically, you'll see 12 scholarship guys. That does not include guys that are currently in the transfer portal, like Emory Jones, like uh, Dante Zanders, like Mahmoud Diabate, Chris Bogle. So just so you know, the numbers that are reflected here, 73 guys currently on scholarship after those nine signees, that number does not include if a guy like Mahmoud Diabate was to return to Florida, he would be added to that number 73. So, so Florida has a little bit of leeway here. But again, as Blake and I have talked about, you're probably not looking at a ton of takes in this next uh, seven weeks or six and a half weeks now that we have leading into February's National Signing Day. I think it's going to be a relatively selective group that Florida targets in the NCAA transfer portal. So let's start at quarterback. Obviously, that is an area that with Emory Jones departing with Anthony Richardson's injury proneness to this point, I think that is safe to say that Florida absolutely needs to take a quarterback, whether that's in high school recruiting or whether that's via the transfer portal. I think that's going to be very important for Billy Napier to have on the roster for 2022. So Blake and I talked about it a little bit yesterday. The one guy that we have heard has considerable traction with Florida right now is Ohio State transfer Jack Miller. We've talked about the connection that um, that Billy Napier has to Jack Miller from his time at Arizona State, recruited him a little bit there. There's some obvious connections, and I think that is a guy that you circle for Florida as if they go to the transfer portal, probably right now he is your most likely guy. But there's no short of no shortage of options either. And so I would not be surprised to see Florida pivot at some point in the event that, you know, say Miller looks elsewhere or Florida decides, hey, you know, maybe this guy's a little bit better fit for us. Poking through the 24-7 sports transfer portal, the guys that are available, you're talking about USC quarterback Keaton Slovis, uh, Texas A&M quarterback Zach Calzada, Texas quarterback Casey Thompson. We're not sure on his immediate eligibility just yet, uh, but he's a guy that's in the portal. Harrison Bailey out of Tennessee. So there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the transfer portal. The way I look at it, and Blake and I discussed this a little bit on the podcast yesterday, I've, I've since thought about it a little further. I think Florida absolutely should probably take a transfer in this cycle. I think that gives you an experienced option, depending on Anthony Richardson's health, to work with for 2022. And if Anthony Richardson is the guy that he thinks, that we all think he may be, then your transfer, knowing he's coming in, is not guaranteed of a starting spot. I think the way that Florida's recruitment of Robbie Roper right now is kind of going, it sounds like high school quarterback to me is maybe the backup option in terms of that that potentially filling that gap there. So let me pull up the scholarship chart again. We'll just go kind of position by position. Running back right now, you've got three guys. Um, two of them will be upperclassmen next year. Naquan Wright, obviously not going to be going through spring ball, most likely after that pretty significant injury. I should say most likely. I don't know that for a fact. But that injury did look pretty severe in that season finale against FSU. And so if he's not there and neither of Florida's two seniors, Damian Pierce or, or Malik Davis, decide not to opt for a kind of super senior year, at this point, I, I would not expect Pierce to. I think he's got a significant chance to go in the NFL and, and make some noise there. You've only got potentially two running backs for spring football. So I think that's 100% a position that Florida should look to go to in the transfer portal. I think that... Um, you, you, that is a spot where you've seen guys come in pretty immediately at different schools and be able to have a big impact. 
You look at some of the guys that are out there, Jameer Gibbs out of Georgia Tech, a guy that Florida had recruited previously under Dan Mullen's staff. There are some injury concerns there, and I believe those are at least partially playing into his decision to transfer. Zach Evans, another guy out of TCU that uh, had kind of signed with Georgia initially, backed out of that, went to TCU. Florida was in the mix for him for a while. I think you'd certainly have to do your homework on him if he was a guy that you were going to target. Um, but he's another guy that could shore you up a little bit. Uh, DeMonte Trayonum out of Arizona State, another guy. Uh, just looking through some of these names, Bentavious Thompson out of UCF, maybe looking for a move up to a bigger level. Uh, so I, I don't know that I'm as sold on the options in the, the running back room, but there are, there are some there. And obviously that's a spot where Florida, being in the state of Florida, I think, typically you got a lot of good skill guys coming out and recruiting. And so I think that is a position, if you're looking at it, you can probably afford to be a little bit more patient on running back as far as the transfer portal. But I think the, the appeal of the transfer portal at this position in particular is you may only have two scholarship backs. And we know that Billy Napier likes to run an offense that is heavily based around the run game. He, at Louisiana Tech, more often than not, had three guys that were topping the 700-yard mark as rushers. So you're talking about a lot of guys with a lot of carries. I think you need a little bit more in that room than Lorenzo Lingard and Demarcus Bowman heading into spring. I'm still extremely high on Demarcus Bowman. I don't know as much on Lorenzo Lingard. Uh, jury's still out for me a little bit more on him. But I think there's a, there's a valid point to be made that Florida's previous staff under Dan Mullen really prioritized experience. And Florida could very well have a superstar on its hands in Demarcus Bowman, but it's a little bit of a projection there at the moment. So I think running back, absolutely a position that Florida needs to shore up. Receiver's probably the most interesting discussion to me if you're talking about it. And I'll leave the chart up here for, for a minute or two. Receiver, if you're looking at it, you know, Jacob Copeland in the transfer portal, you've got five guys next year. Most of them now with significant playing experience between Justin Shorter, Jamarcus Weston, Trent Whittemore, Jaquavian Frazier's, and Xavier Henderson. That's, that's five guys with legitimate experience. So I think for 2022, I don't know that you have a lot of immediate frontline needs, but you look at that, all five of those guys are upperclassmen going into next season. And so you look at the depth chart behind them, you've got only two guys, Dejon Reynolds and Marcus Burke. And I think the, the potential for both of those guys is very high. I'm very high on both of those guys. That's only two guys. And so if you end up having one of those juniors, you know, a Trent Whittemore, a Jaquavian Frazier's, have a breakout year and then end up going to the NFL early, worse, somebody gets hurt, can't play, that kind of thing, you're immediately looking at a huge problem on the depth chart. For me, given that breakdown where it's kind of very upperclassman heavy right now, I think if you're taking a transfer, you probably look more towards a younger guy who's only been in a program for a year or two, can kind of fit into that underclassman mold and be a guy that, yeah, maybe you get a little bit more experience, but I think by and large what you want to do is you want to load up in that 2023 recruiting cycle. If you look at the state of Florida, some of the guys that are there in the state of Florida that Florida should be able to pluck, it is a loaded receiver class in the state of Florida. I think that's where Florida needs to probably focus their efforts. Not that Florida can't target somebody in the transfer portal, but I think for receiver, I, I would not want to take more than one transfer at receiver. I think Florida's gone that route in the past with you know guys like Justin Shorter, with guys like Van Jefferson, Trayvon Grimes. And I think the balance has swung a little bit too far away from some of these high school signees. I think Florida needs to get back to signing true blue chip prospects at receiver the, the type of players that can come in and immediately make a difference. And they are there to be had in the 2023 class. So um, 
Tight end, I think Florida's good there. I think by signing Tony Livingston, I would not personally go after any sorts of tight ends. I, I think the numbers are fine there. I think you let it settle out and you go after a top-notch guy in 2023. Mac Markway, obviously a guy that just decommitted from Florida, was a top 100 player at the position. And so probably a guy that if Florida wants to get back in it with him, they already have some ties. He's already committed to the school once. I think if Florida staff prioritizes Mac Markway, you've got a top 100 prospect that you can probably pretty easily get back in the fold if you're interested. Tight end, not a position I'm worried about. I think the big one for Florida is probably going to be offensive line and defensive line. And the reason we say that, we've seen the results over the last couple years when Florida has had to chip into its depth because of injuries to the front line starters, the production has taken a huge step back. And the reason for that is Florida had pretty shoddy recruiting on the offensive line. Now, chalk that up to Florida staff fully trusting its evaluations. But the bottom line is, to this point, most of those younger players have panned out about how they were rated. There's been a couple exceptions. I think Ethan White is one of those guys. Um, But by and large, you you just have seen the recruiting results kind of play out on the field. And so let me pull up, once again, the scholarship chart for you. You can just go through it. You've got only a couple upperclassmen. Richard, Richard, well, I say upperclassmen. You've only got a couple seniors, right? Richard Garage, Ethan White. Uh, but, but beyond that, you're talking about Michael Tarquin, Josh Braun, Riley Simons, uh, William Harrod, and Kingsley. The younger depth, you've got okay numbers. But again, you've got to see those start to translate. Uh, I've got Florida as far as scholarship numbers right now at 13 guys on the O-line. I've got 16 to 18 as kind of a target projection there. I think that's probably a little bit high. Um, So I I think that, you know, I don't know exactly how many Florida will target, uh, but you look, you know, at some of these transfers in the the portal right now, um, you know, there's there's some decent ones. And uh, I think Florida, I, I still think if Florida can convince Gerald Mincy to come back, I think that would be good. I think he was one of the younger prospects that I was higher on. I think for Florida in the portal right now, he's committed to Tennessee. The last I saw out of our Tennessee reporters was that Tennessee wasn't quite sure they were going to take him. Tennessee may only take one offensive line transfer, and if he's the best guy, they, they'll take him, but they were not decided on that at last check. He's a guy that if I'm Billy Napier, I'm at least having conversations with and trying to say, hey, uh, what, what are the chances we can kind of get you back in the mix? Um, some of the other guys, just just off the top of my head, looking at 24-7 Sports' transfer portal, Kyleone Herbert, or, or Hebert, I forget exactly how to say it. He was a guy that Florida recruited out of high school quite a bit. Went to Miami. I don't know his story at Miami. He just jumps out to me as a name that Florida's had previous contact with. Um, And again, guys, as we get more information on guys that Florida has actually reached out to in the NCAA transfer portal, we will report that on Swamp 24-7 for you. I know Blake was quick to report the Jack Miller interest, the Jack Miller offer in terms of the Ohio State quarterback. We will continue to fill you in on those things. I actually do not, looking at the scholarship chart, I don't hate the balance as far as the class. You know, you see, look at receiver. You can kind of see what I'm talking about, about how it's mostly skewed to upperclassmen right now. There's not a whole lot in those 2024, 2025, and 2026 columns. Offensive line, you don't really see that issue. So I do think it's more probably about stabilizing the immediate future on the O-line. And I think to that end, that's probably where you see Florida take a transfer. There's a couple top-notch guys from Virginia that are in the transfer portal. Victor Oluwatimi is one of them. I think he's a guy that 
you know, Michigan is in the mix for certainly. Curtis Dunlap is another guy that has had uh, ties to Florida in the past. I believe at one point he was a Florida commitment. Went to Minnesota. Is not committed yet. Texas going after him pretty pretty thoroughly right now. Florida could get in the mix there if they wanted to. So you've got some options. Um, I'm looking at the defensive depth chart now. I think Florida's good on defensive tackles. I think if anything, they kind of went overboard after you know seeing those holes start to manifest themselves in in 2021, where they went three transfer portal tackles, and uh, they they've signed a bunch over the last couple of years. So I, I don't think defensive tackle necessarily is an area you need to shore up. If you can get a solid rush end out of the transfer portal, a solid edge player, and typically that's where you can find some guys that are that are pretty talented. That's a good spot to go. We know that Florida has reached out to one transfer portal guy already, and that is Jared Verse. He is a player out of Albany, so a lower level prospect, but 24-7 Sports has put a 92 grade on him as a transfer portal prospect. He is regarded as the best defensive line prospect on the edge in the transfer portal out of, out of uh, 24-7 Sports right now, and Florida has already reached out to him. That is a player that they are going after. They will try to land. Uh, some news, Lloyd Summerall. We've gotten some conflicting info on whether or not uh, certain guys are, are for sure going to leave Florida. Lloyd Summerall, I cannot report 100% certainty right now that he's been practicing during the bowl, but we have gotten chatter on that end that he is. Uh, I know that Florida put out a picture when bowl practices were going on Sunday and Lloyd Summerall was in that. I've been told by at least one source that occasionally Florida will, will include old pictures when tweeting about current bowls practices, that kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know why they would do that, but just that's additional context. I do believe there's a good chance that Lloyd Summerall is one of the players that potentially pulls his name out of the transfer portal. Now, as far as where he's at in his development as a player, not, not as sure on that, but I think that Lloyd Summerall is a guy you keep an eye on that maybe solves some of that edge issue. Looking at it, you've got some other guys Caleb Johnson out of Auburn's a name maybe you keep an eye on. A um, couple guys from lower-level Florida programs, FAU, Chase Lassiter, uh, Stacy Kirby out of USF. Um, those are a couple guys maybe you keep an eye on, you know, those in-state guys. And again, I don't know the individual stories behind these. Uh, this, this will be something that our viewers can dive into a little bit more heavily. And then, again, as Florida offers certain guys, we'll certainly report on that. Um, just wrapping up, I don't think Florida has as many needs on defense. I'm looking at it transfer portal wise. I think defensive end edge rusher is kind of the only one that I really see. I think maybe you could take a linebacker. And one interesting name that popped up in the transfer portal yesterday is Tyrone Hopper, who is the brother of Tyron Hopper, the current Florida linebacker that I think a lot of fans are really high on as kind of the next big guy at Florida. If you can keep Ventrell Miller around for another year, exercise that super senior year. I think he's a certain, certainly a potential option to shore things up there in the short term. Um, but Tyrone Hopper is a guy that at UNC has recorded about 61 tackles in his career, four and a half sacks. Injuries have been the problem for him. Injuries ended his 2021 campaign. And I believe the situation with him is that he's going to apply for a six year and should almost certainly get it. But he left uh, early in the 2021 season with a lower leg injury, lower body injury, I believe. And uh, he missed the rest of the year. So he's an interesting guy, I think, from the brother-to-brother the, the -brother connection to keep an eye on in the transfer portal. I look at Florida's secondary. I don't see a whole lot of needs. I think you've got a lot of young guys there. Avery Helm, Ethan Pouncey, uh, Kamar Wilcoxon was hurt this year, but he's a guy that I think a lot of people were high on. Jason Marshall, obviously. I'll pull up the, the chart one more time. But you can see Florida has kind of filled in the gaps there 
uh, over the last two recruiting cycles, really, two, three recruiting cycles, you're probably a little bit more underclassman balanced there than maybe it looks. Jaden Hill's a guy that should be back with his injury that knocked him out of the 2021 season. So you've got a little bit of experience there between him and Jadarius Perkins. Kyer Elam has not made an official decision on his future yet, but I think most of us would expect he's headed to the NFL. I think the, the I would be surprised if he stayed. I do think that he has the potential to play his way with a new staff that loves big physical corners into a, a lock as a first rounder. I don't know that he's a lock first rounder right now. I think that will depend on his testing, particularly his speed in his 40 yard dash time. Uh, but I think looking at the defensive backfield, I think you've got a solid mix of young guys. So that position is exactly, you, you try to do what Florida did in the early signing period. You go out and you land top notch prospects like Kamari Wilson, like Devin Moore. If you can take a couple of those guys in the February national signing day window, I think you do it. I don't know that I'd really be pursuing a whole lot of transfers in the secondary right now if you're Florida. But guys, that'll that'll do it for this episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I wanted to go through the scholarship chart with you guys, kind of point out those needs. I think the three primary areas as we, well, four primary areas as we talked about. I think running back, quarterback, you absolutely probably try to take a transfer. I think the O-line, you try to take a transfer, and I think edge rusher. And we've seen at least two offers already by Florida. Jack Miller at quarterback, Jared Verse, and that, at that rush end position, those are two you keep an eye on, I think, in, in the next two weeks to see if they maybe make a decision. Uh, I think receiver is another place you could make an argument for a transfer, especially if you can get a high-impact guy that can be a number one receiver next fall. But otherwise, I think you focus on receiver via the 2022 recruiting class if you can get a late addition that you like, or more importantly, the 2023 class where you take a big class and you really go after some studs in the state of Florida. So that'll wrap it up for today's episode of the Swamp 24-7 podcast, guys. I hope that enlightened you a little bit, gave you an idea of what Florida's working with from a scholarship standpoint. That'll do it for me today. We appreciate you tuning in. If you like the video on YouTube, be sure to hit like, hit that subscribe button if you are not already. That will give you an instant notification on your phone whenever we upload a new video, which we are trying to do more regularly. And if you're listening to us on audio mode only, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Player FM, any of those platforms, be sure to try to leave us a favorable review. It helps us reach a wider audience, serve more Gator fans, and then obviously gives us the resources to continue putting out this type of content for you guys. So that'll do it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.